This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 48 of Press Pass, a college football podcast. Kayla Anderson here with my good buddy, my co-host, Joshua Perry. Uh, just getting back from Chicago. I appreciate you know, the travel man and then getting up and doing this. Oh, you know, it's been a blast. It's a little bit of a whirlwind and a marathon, but I love sports. So this is a lot of fun. I know that's one thing we, we definitely have in common. And I know that this weekend for college football, in my opinion, Joshua, now you might have a different opinion, but it was kind of a snooze fest. I mean, there wasn't as many, I guess I like upsets. So I always want like a game at least one, there's an upset or something, or just a really close game. But for the most part, we had that SMU win in the third overtime over Tulsa. Other than that, though, I don't think I learned a ton this Saturday. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Um, you know, you can you can take a little bit away from some of these games, but it just wasn't anything that was, you know, getting your blood really flowing. Right. I, you know, I, I hate to be this guy to start off the show so early Uh-oh. like this, but... Uh, you know, I've been out there on Twitter stumping for Minnesota to be in the top 25. Yeah. Um, and watching SMU struggle against Tulsa really blew my mind because people say that the reason Minnesota is not a top 25 team to them is because of how they struggled with the competition they've played, which I understand that, but they've won all of their games and they can't do anything about what their schedule is right now. And I feel like they're just not getting enough respect. And then watching that SMU game, and they move up in the polls. I'm like, oh my gosh. So yeah, just wanted to no, start off with that. No, that's a good point. And I think it's, you know, what's so weird about this, um, you know, like a college football voters and everything. I was an AP voter for um, college basketball and I took my job very seriously. But here's the thing. I think it depends on where you are demographically as a voter, sure. but everybody loves the feel good story, right? And SMU, I think they're undefeated for the first time since like 1982. So everyone loves that feel good story. And it almost like gets it, those emotions sometimes get in the way of an actual legit vote. I get, I get that. I so mean, I, but, but no, but I agree with you because I don't think I base my votes on things like that. I, I never would. Uh, I, I agree with the, uh, the demography aspect of it because I think it's just hard to consume all the games. So if you're looking at the box scores or you're looking at maybe some uh, newspaper clippings, you might not have an idea of what Minnesota is really like as a team. But I mean, when you boil it down, I think this is their first undefeated start five yeah. or six games in whatever it is since like 04 
or 05, threw the ball really well a week ago, and then they ran the ball like crazy this past week. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they're just – they're improving. But I guess the, the top 25 doesn't mean so much until the end of the year when people are really trying to uh, solidify their thoughts about conferences. But it's just a shame to see some of the teams like, for example, Texas A&M, and I know they've got a big matchup this weekend. I think that's part of the reason why they're still up there. But yep. um, not a reason they should be lingering around the top 25 when you've got an undefeated team in a conference like the Big Ten who's who's sitting outside of it. Yeah, and I think we're going to start seeing some shuffling. Let me uh, go ahead and run down the new uh, top 25. I'm just going to do the top 10 and then get your thoughts on it because there was a little bit of change. Uh, in the top spot, Alabama for the second straight week, a 32 first place votes. Clemson coming in. They're at number two, Georgia and Ohio State now tied for the three spot, both of those teams undefeated, followed by LSU, uh, Oklahoma at six, Florida moving up after that big win over Auburn to seven, uh, followed by Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and then Joshua Perry. Guess who slips into that top 10? Penn State. Yeah, I think we talked about Penn State a week ago and what they've been able to do this year. Done a great job. You know, and, and at this current moment, I think this is a fair top 20 or top 10 uh, you just ran out. You know, Alabama's done a great job. I think Clemson has kind of slipped in people's eye tests, but they've won all their games. Um, Georgia's a team that I think people are gaining confidence in, as well as Ohio State mm-hmm. and some of the performances that they've had. We'll dive into that one later. LSU, to me, is a team uh, where I'm just kind of waiting for that matchup for them because, you know, offensively they're very explosive, but I think their defense has some holes. Yep. And it'll take the right coordinator to expose them. Oklahoma. It's hard to tell how I want to feel because I think offensively they might be one of the best teams in America, if not the best, but I still feel like their defense is susceptible to big plays. Yep, especially, you know, because the Big 12 hasn't really proved yet that they can play big boy defense, right? I don't think the Big 12 has proven yet that they're at the caliber of the rest of the conferences. Like, I think Oklahoma is clearly the best team, but you could make an argument that Texas isn't as good as everybody thought they were going to be this year. And just like the the actual depth of the conference is lacking. Yeah. And then Florida, this will be a big week for them. We'll, we'll get into their game a little bit too, but the, the story for them is defense. Their defense. Yeah, is just I was just going to say, yep. I mean, that's been a, that's been the, the thing that's held it down for them for sure. Absolutely. I mean, when you look at, especially their defensive front, like the way that they play, they can get pressure out of mm-hmm. four-man looks, which makes it easy in the back end because then you've got all those guys sitting back there to cover. Sure. Um, you know, seven guys to cover five men in the route potentially like that. <laughs> That's winning defense <laughs> right there. So I love Wisconsin. I love the way they're playing ball. Um, I think they have maybe a little bit of a question at quarterback. And I was on the Jack Cone bandwagon very early on. I think he he's a very average quarterback. He's not uh, super good, but he's not going to lose you games. Sure. Still a question about him. And then Notre Dame, their team that's trending for me, to be honest. Like, I, I you know, I'd love to say disparaging things about them. I really can't. <laughs> um, and then Penn State. Well, you could if you wanted to. I could, but I, I just won't. <laughs> um, and then Penn State to me. I think Penn State is the most underrated team in college football right now uh, as a top 10 team. And it doesn't matter what you think about their game against Pitt. That's a rivalry game. Yep. Um, so you can throw – kind of the results you can throw some of the uh uh you could throw that score out the window to me what they've done against the competition that they've had 
And even this past weekend where it wasn't as explosive offensively in the second half, they went out there early on and just embarrassed yeah. Purdue. Like it did that that game looked like it could get to a hundred points. <laughs> it like, did. It did. They're a really good football team. All right. Well, following a team, we know this, you love in 2019, it can be time consuming. Yes, it can. Uh, Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. That is why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email box. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket, ping pong, everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up and again it's free sports.axios.com not only will you be caught up you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies so join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on a daily basis and get all the best of there is no paywall no subscription fee nothing this is a free uh, curated sports content delivered directly to you so sign up at sports.axios.com again try it for free just type in free 99 at sportsaxios.com. All right, Joshua, around the Big Ten, it's it's your favorite conference, of course, because you played in it. Yes. So and and it's just one of the best. I mean, let's just be honest right now. Uh let's start off with Ohio State making an a statement against a top 25 team, Michigan State, on Saturday. Uh outscoring teams this season now by 40 points. My goodness. It's, it's, uh, like what the word would be ridiculous. Um, that's the word. Ridiculous. (laughs) It's stupid. And when you look at what this team is doing, I think, and somebody asked me on Twitter, do you, do you worry about Ohio state's passing defense? Because Brian Lewerke hit a couple and, uh, Michigan state dropped a couple balls. So do you work? And the answer is hell to the no. Because (laughs) as a former player, I don't look at necessarily some of the stats because they don't tell the full story. What tells the full story is 10 points on the scoreboard. Like regardless of how many plays they might've given up or what you thought it looked like when they needed to get stops, they got stops. What I look at is three takeaways when they, when they needed to get the ball back to the offense, they got the ball back to the offense. So their defense is is stifling opponents right now. They're taking the ball away at a very rapid clip, something I'm excited to watch. But the thing that surprised me the absolute most out of that game, and I know you probably will be able to piggyback off of this because it was a great performance, but that run game yes. against Michigan State's run defense, which is one of the top in America, yep. they had their way with them. Absolutely. J.K. Dobbins, uh, 172 yards rushing. When I was at Ohio State covering you guys, uh, we had a guy by the name of Zeke. Yeah, he's uh, pretty good. Remember that guy? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, to see I, – I loved watching that game and being able to see – because we all know Justin Fields has been just dynamic. But it was really good to see that run game going, like you said, especially against a run defense that's supposed to be stopping you. Well, they didn't. And, and that's the deal. I think um, it's, it's twofold with that to me. I think, number one, uh, our players – and when I say R, I mean Ohio State. Um, <laughs> That's okay. You can say R. 
very, very, very talented, very, very hardworking. So it's good to see it pay off. But I think Ryan Day had his mind made up early on in that game that he was going to dismantle Michigan State's defense by beating them doing the one thing they take pride in the most, and that's stopping the run. And, and I don't know if, you know, they could have passed for maybe, you know, 100 yards, and if he could have run for 400, I think he would have been fine with that in this game specifically, just to make a statement and make a point, not only to the opponent, but to his team. And that's what he did. And it, I, I mean, I just don't know how many good things I can say about it. The other thing that was very pleasing to me was when you watch that game plan, not only did they run the ball down their throat, but they got that Michigan State defense extremely tired to where mm-hmm. they were toward the end of the half, the end of the game, and the end of drives. And you're watching Michigan State's guys, and they're not running to the ball. And you're watching these guys try to pass rush, and they're not getting off the ball hard. And you go into the postgame presser, and Ryan Day says, we ran 72 plays of offense, and we got them tired. And that's exactly what he wanted to do, and you could see it working. And this team is very dangerous because they can punch you right in the jaw. They go under center now and they do power runs, Uh, but they can also get you tired. And when they need to hit a big play down the field, they can't rush. The the opponent can't rush the passer because their pass rushers are tired and they can't cover downfield because those guys have been running all game. And that's what's going to make this team special because at the end of the year, that kind of stuff really matters. And I, I credit that to obviously the hardworking players like you mentioned, because we all know you guys work your butt off. And I credit that to Ryan Day and just his coaching. I no mean, doubt. I just, I've been really impressed by him, Joshua. Yeah, I have too. Um, I think he is, um, number one, players love him, which is great. Former mm-hmm. players love him, which is awesome. But I think that for a first-year head coach, being as young as he is, he has the wisdom of some of the great coaches that we've seen. And he's had great mentors in this business, but I'm extremely pleased, especially with the, you know how it is being in media in in Columbus, but the microscope, everybody's watching everything and and he handles it so well. All right. Well, you know, Ohio State is going to be playing Wisconsin. What is that? Two weeks? Yep. Oh, I'm so excited for that game. Uh, Speaking of the Badgers, another dominating performance. I mean, they didn't play anybody really, but at the same time, we just continue to see how good this team is. The defense has allowed just 29 points this season. Like it's, the it's entire stupid. season. That's crazy. Stupid. Yeah, uh, honestly. And, and, and you know, I, I said it before to me, scoring defense is the most important stat. You win a hell of a lot of games when the opponent cannot score on you. No, you're like, exactly. Yeah. You're exactly math. right. Absolutely. Um, and then they have Jonathan Taylor, who I, again, we've talked about him every time we get on this podcast. I think he tallied 189 yards rushing, tied a program record with five total touchdowns. Um, I, you had mentioned Jack Conan, and he's not like an elite quarterback by any means, but I feel like Taylor can do so much. Like he can just put so much on his back. He's such a workhorse, but it, it, it's at some point, does he get tired? Does this just do people figure him out? I mean, what what can happen with Wisconsin in the future if they just have to rely on him? Well, I'll, I'll say it like this. So Taylor, first off, um, 189 rushing yards, and I think he only played one <laughs> series in the second half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> five touchdowns. And uh, I think one of them was a receiving touchdown. He's doing it all. So he's mm-hmm. coming out of the backfield. He's running the ball. To me, if, if I'm a coordinator, I'm going to sell out to stop. Jonathan Taylor. And the philosophy is, I'm not going to let one guy beat me. So if Jack Cone can throw the ball on me for 450 yards, 
and four touchdowns through the air, then when we come into the postgame presser, I will tell you as a coordinator, a head coach, you point to me the last time he did that against an, an elite team. And you know what? You can have you can have your comments about me, but he's never done that before. We knew sure. the guy that was going to beat us, and and so that's how I would play it. But I don't know a lot of teams that have the type of playmakers to stop Jonathan yeah. Taylor from doing that, especially with Wisconsin's O line the way that it is. Um, they they've got a plan to to win the game, and then having great defense too, it it, it helps your offense out a lot. So Wisconsin's playing complimentary football. Yep. Um, they've got a really good uh, structure as a team to win. Uh, Michigan, I know I just had to throw them in there just because, oh man, Coach Harbaugh, you got to win over a top 25 team, Joshua. Oh, I mean, gosh. but guess what? It still wasn't on the road. No. <laughs> it, so. it, it, it was one of the most boring football games. Oh God. I kept looking up at the score. I'd go to the bathroom. I'd go fix my hair. I'd come back. It's the same freaking score. So I'll ask you this question. Do you think we learned more about Michigan in that game or about Iowa? I mean, I don't I don't think we learned anything about Michigan. I don't think we did either. I'm glad you said that cuz a <laughs> lot of people are um and and they had eight sacks, which is a great yes. feat. Um their defense looked very good, but they were still getting beat on crossing routes. Yes. You know, they they were still getting run on a little bit. Like to me, I think we learned more about Iowa and their offensive inability to yes. block a uh, a pass rush, and there was a lot of scheme rushes in there, but like their O line got exposed. Yeah, they did. Absolutely got exposed. And and we that's no surprise though for us with Michigan, like you were saying. Remember, we had talked about this, you and I. Their defense that's the strong point of their team. You said right. that the first podcast you came on here. Yeah, I mean they they they've let some plays up on defense, but if you were to pick one side of the ball that you would want to take to battle, it would be their defense. It wouldn't be their offense. I mean, no. they're, you know, I'm not, I don't want to sit here and crap on Shea Patterson, but for all the hype that he had but coming he's in, bad. he has been a letdown. He's not very good right now. No, he he was 14 to 26 passes for 147 yards. I and mean, this guy, it no, it's not getting it done. And it doesn't seem, there seems to be no change. And that's, I think, the issue that I have. I don't know what's going to happen with this team moving forward, but. I'll say this: If I was uh, if I was Michigan on offense, I would throw I would throw the ball thirty five to forty times a game, mm-hmm. but they would all be like ten yard and under routes. I'm okay. not hitting anything okay. deep. I would throw the ball deep maybe two or three times a game. I don't think Shea can do it. Yeah. But last year when he had a manageable offense where they were running quick passes and they were running boots and they were high percentage throws, he was like throwing you know sixty five percent completion rate. And now we're sitting here wondering what the hell is going on. I don't think that this system's really fitting him right now. Nope, absolutely not. Uh, let's shift gears, Joshua, to the SEC. Florida, I'll be the first to say, I was not a believer 100% in Florida I'm at all. <laughs> and, and I might not be all the way either because I really did like this Auburn team. But I did say this week, I have this Southeastern stream show, It, it um, we touch on the SEC every week live um, down here in Nashville. And I was worried about Bo Nix, the freshman quarterback for Auburn, going into the swamp. Look, Joshua, it's a different beast down there. I went down there. It's crazy. I went down there for the first time when I moved to Nashville and we went and covered the Vols in um, Gainesville. And I'm telling you, this place, it literally is the swamp. Like everything about it. That's (laughs) what I heard. I've I've never played there. Um, When you talk to 
a lot of the guys around Ohio State who were around Urban at Florida, they will tell you that yeah. that atmosphere, that place is different. It's just different. It is. And I was worried about Bo Nix, and look what he, he did. He had one of those true freshman games, and it just hurt. Yeah, and we talked about the Florida defense. I think yeah. that was uh, that was what I took away from the game more than anything else. Like That matchup was the deciding factor to me. The ability for Florida's defense to make plays and get after a young quarterback and be disruptive throughout a game. You know, I think Bo's still a really good player. Uh, when you looked at some of his stat lines, though, I feel like we were giving him a little bit too much credit. Yeah, I agree. You know, the he had some explosive plays and, you know, a fun kid to watch. But I feel like the stats probably told more of the story in this case than uh, some of the highlight tape did. So. I, I still think they're that Auburn's a very good team. I think that people were probably buying them a little bit too high. I know I was. Mm-hmm. For Florida, again, I think they've got some matchups where they could get exposed. And to me, offensively, they might have some troubles. But, you know, if you've got a, an elite defense the way that they do, they'll be able to stick in some games. Absolutely. Uh, a, a team that does not have an elite defense or an elite offense, uh, that's Tennessee. Uh, unfortunately, I have to cover them every week. And um, I love their fans, though, Joshua. I will say this. They actually have fans that stick with them through thick and thin. And I appreciate that. So I don't want you to disparage your fan base, but do you think that Tennessee fans have unrealistic expectations? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, they do. And and I think we're very, very blunt about that down here. I'm not obviously covering the Vols in Knoxville. I'm in Nashville. I'm like three hours away or two and a half. But we cover them, obviously, as... I mean, Vandy just is Vandy. We're not, you know, we cover them, but they're not really anything to write home about. Right. But the Vols, yeah, I think their fans are definitely just their, their expectations are not realistic right now. And they, I think it would help if they just went back and just thought, okay, we need to just like realize we're not that program we were. And we need to like, just accept that we're going to be going through some crap right now. And it's going to take some time. But you know what? There was a spark on Saturday, Joshua. They finally took Jarrett Garantano out as the starter, and they put in this backup, Brian Murray. He has a full uh, sleeve on his right his right arm. I just had to add that in. <laughs> I mean, because him, he, he's a freshman, okay? And this kid comes in. We're like, this guy, we've, I've never really even like heard much about him. Comes in, and I will give him credit. He took like charge of that offense in that first series and threw for like a 74 yard touchdown. This is Georgia. They're playing by the way on Saturday. And I mean, he came out with some swag and that balls team and that stadium was hyped. And I was like, good for them to at least come out and show like in the future, there might be some potential with this guy because he actually got his team fired up. Yeah, so I I didn't get a good look at that game, and I wish I had, just because I know um, it was it was a little bit close early on. Mm-hmm. But what what about him? Do you think really gave that spark? Was it his style of play? Was it his more of his personality? Yeah. Like you yeah, both, um, both. Because the one thing that you love about a quarterback is like a good leader, somebody with a great personality. But yeah. I always I'm a little bit apprehensive in these situations because, you know, now these SEC coordinators are going to sit there and they're going to flip the tape on yeah, and they're going to watch Murray and kind of figure him out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you wonder if, if he's got more left in the tank to be, be able to reproduce 
uh, a spark like performance, you know, like really get this team going sure. um, with more practice, more maybe taking reps as a number one guy. Who knows? What I liked about him, Joshua, is so everything that I had heard from Garantano, great kid, but his teammates, I don't think believed in him. Okay. Interesting. I really don't, if I'm going to be blunt. I think these players believe in Murray. I think that he ta- he took some chances and his players made plays. His receivers made plays. To me, when I see that, and I hadn't seen it at all with Garantano, that means something. So That's interesting to me. Yeah. Whether he can find it on a consistent basis, that's another story. But I do think he brings that that juice, and I do think he his players trust him. Well, I think that goes a long way in the locker room, especially like for me, Offensive players, obviously, their production's tied to whoever the quarterback is. But like as a defense, I feel like it's a lot easier to play ball because you feel more comfortable maybe taking risks or the, the coordinator feels more comfortable maybe calling some more aggressive plays when you feel like you have a quarterback you trust who can keep you in situations, like who yeah. can get you out of bad situations. So I, that's really good to hear. Yep. So humans have been shaving for thousands of years. Have you been shaving since you were like 12? No, I I barely even shave nowadays. Oh my gosh, you're so lucky. I got um, a baby face. <laughs> I'm just born with a baby face. Uh, the secret to great shave, it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles. Neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you for gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. So do us a favor, check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essential quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. Harry's super convenient, of course. Blades, uh, refills, they're delivered directly to your door on schedule with or without a subscription, and there's no risk for you trying them out. So if you don't love your shave, let them know, and they will give you a full refund. Listeners for this show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.bluewire. Uh, harrys.com I should say slash blue wow you'll get a weighted handle uh, for a firm grip five blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated which I do borrow my husband's Uh, a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go so go to harrys.com slash blue wire to start shaving better today okay it's I feel like I strategically placed this up towards the end of the podcast even though I'm a Pac-12 grad, just because I just think it's a mess. The Pac-12 yeah. continues to just make me want to pull my hair out. Number 15, Washington. We thought Washington was maybe a better team. They're upset by unranked Stanford team. Just a not good Stanford team on Saturday. And yeah. it just was, I just, I'm, I'm scratching my head like, what is it going to take, Joshua, to turn this freaking conference around? I think a couple of things. Um, number one, uh, first off, I think we we maybe we had too high of expectations for this conference. Um, <laughs> I <on>. did not. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people did, but when you talk yeah. about geography, I think it's fair because you're trying to evaluate. Hey, you know, like what do you think this guy's going to look like? What do you think these guys are going to look like? You know, what do they have returning? When a lot of people probably didn't watch a ton of Pac-12 football just because it's hard to watch the games. Yeah. Um, so. You know, maybe it's our fault for having too high expectations. I think that they're, it's hard to recruit at a lot of these schools. Just mm-hmm. geographically, um, they've got some obstacles, so they've got to keep up there. But I don't know. To me, it's the same thing that you can say about the Big Ten at times, where 
like Ohio State, you cannot lose to Purdue by yeah. 40 points. Yeah. You know, you know, like Michigan, you can't drop a game to a team that you're supposed to beat. Like uh, uh, Wisconsin, you can't play close with Northwestern. You yeah. know, like you, you have to be convincing because, you know, Alabama, they're blowing everybody out by 40, right? Exactly. I mean, even if they're not, that's what people say because that's what they've done in the past. Right. And uh, Clemson, you know, like, hey, might be a close game against UNC, but they win all their games. So you can't knock them until they actually lose a game. So for them, if you're if you're structuring your conference, you would want your Washington, maybe your Utah, maybe your USC to be the best team. Exactly. And you want one or two top teams and nobody else is yes. good. I'm, I'm sorry to say that, it, but like No, you're right that, on. Like that's how you're gonna get the national respect because that's the best way to get into the playoff. If you have yep. two top teams, they both show out, you've got, you know, one of your teams is number three or four in America, and then the next one is like six, seven, or eight. You're going to get a lot of respect, but if you keep losing games to teams that you should be beating within your own conference, you can't get any love. No, you're not lying there, and I think that's just the reality of the situation. And and the, the fact is, is USC has been non-existent as a dominant oh, team. Oh gosh, you it's know. So bad. And when I was in in school, USC was dominant, and so the Pac-12A not only got a little more credit. Um, and Oregon was probably in there too, because uh, that was kind of, you know, back when they were really dominating. Right. You, we were getting credit over there. The The rest of the conference, I can't say was like spectacular, but there were at least three teams, and Stanford was really good too, that were making a statement at the top of the conference. Now that's not the case at all, because no one's making a statement. So I would agree with you on that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I real quick, I, I, I have this conversation that, the Big Ten needs to restructure for the same reason. The yeah. Big Ten East is too heavy. Yep. And there are too many chances, and especially with some of the crossover schedules that people get in the Big Ten where you might have to play the Big Ten East teams and then Wisconsin, there are too many chances to lose because the conference is so strong in the East. Mm-hmm. They need to restructure. If I'm the Pac-12, I would restructure the conference to where it would be like, you know, one really strong team and then a bunch of weak teams. And then you just kind of let one team get the way to go until you can get back into that conversation of being a tough conference. If, if you're lis- listening, Kamish, Joshua Perry, he's he's right on. So Yeah, just, I'm for hire too. So. Right? He's for hire too. <laughs> I endorse him. I endorse him. Uh, let's get to some good stuff from the gridiron. Here is some, some fun stuff from the Pac-12. Oregon Cyrus Habibi. Lakio takes down a uh, rogue fan late in the third quarter versus Cal in Oregon. A fan ran onto the field, Josh, in a timeout. Overstayed his welcome. I mean, he was on there for a while. So they're like all in a huddle, and Habibi Lakio just turns around. He broke from the Ducks huddle, sprints like all the way down to the about thirty-five, and cat like literally tackles this fan. <laughs> And when asked about taking him down, he was like, well, the game was slipping away from his team. He needed to get it back on track. He needed a little spark, huh? He needed a spark. Have you seen the video? It's hilarious. I haven't seen the video, but I know you remember this. Remember Anthony Schlegel? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Uh, Refresh people's brains if they they don't remember that one. Yeah, it was uh, Ohio State versus Cincinnati. Yeah. It was one of those weird kick times too it might have been like 5 30 or 6 p.m kick yeah it was whatever random. it was random. uh students basically comes down and, and uh starts running across the field 
And uh, Anthony Schlegel, former linebacker at the Ohio State University, was third-round pick in the <laughs> NFL. He's the strength coach at Ohio State at the time, goes back into linebacker mode, and he slams this kid. Yeah. Like, the, the kid's body is accelerating into the turf, and they apprehend him. And then Schleg becomes a, a legend all over again, and he's got T-shirts and pictures and all kind of different stuff. It was awesome. It was awesome. It, here's my question. Are you, like, okay with – Guys like Habibi Lakio and Schlegel who like did this because this, the fans like are idiots and get out there. I mean, nobody's tackling them. Somebody's got to do it eventually. Yeah, I'm cool with it. I mean, it's to me, if you're if you're trying to run across a football field, it's a known risk that a football person yeah. might hit you. And we've seen some of these hits on TV. They are hard hits. So like that, that's a risk that you're willing to take if you're trying to be cute. That's you know, getting saying. a little attention. It is what it is. Absolutely. Go enter the field at your own risk, you idiots. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I do want to I do want to say this because even even ESPN Sports Center did a little segment on this on Sunday for Sunday Fun Day. And it was now this is nothing new to me and you because we saw it every halftime. But Ohio State's band is freaking amazing. If you've never seen it, like you should look up a halftime performance by them. But they did the space race honoring Neil Armstrong, who is obviously from the Buckeye State. It was spectacular. Did you see that? I did. I watched it. Um, Holy it was smokes. Awesome. And so the good thing about sitting in the green room is we kind of get like the, uh, as they call it, the hallway, like the back channel. Yeah. For the stream. So we get to watch the, the full ESPN stream. We don't see commercials. So during halftime, we're not back watching the studio show and we're not watching commercials. We get to watch everything happening on the field. Oh, cool. And we had the best view of it because it's the sky cam. And so you get to look down yeah. and see everything as a t- it was awesome. And, and, you know, they call it the best damn band in the land for a reason. Yeah. And not being biased, but the amount of time and effort that they put in. Yeah. The, the way that they orchestrate and choreograph these shows, and I don't know if you knew this, a lot of people probably don't, but that is a band that you have to audition for every year. I do. You could be yeah. a senior mm-hmm. going into your fourth year, you know, previous three years you were a member, and you could not make the band. That's the standard that they have. It's really, really cool. Dude, I respect it. Um, the only band, I guess, like, I, I was in the middle school band. I lasted for about two months, Joshua. I faked the flute for... Th- about two months and then realized I couldn't really play it. <laughs> so I, I was a percussionist. My older brother is a very good musician. Really? Um, he lives in California. He's, you know, got a master's degree in, in music performance yeah. and, and education. Really good. I was terrible, but I couldn't fake playing the drums. Like you actually had to <laughs> you play had it. To. So I was a dummy for picking that. So it didn't, it didn't work. Didn't last. No, not at all. That's all right. We found our calling in sports, Joshua. There it is. Um, well, that is a wrap on episode 48 of Press Pass. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. That was a ton of fun. I hope you guys learned some stuff because Joshua had some good uh, points in there to make. So here's the thing. Um, we'll be back at this, of course, next week. But I did want to mention, and we'll do kind of an official announcement, but Joshua is going to join me as my permanent host on here. And I'm really, really pumped because uh, I've known him for a while now, covering him at The Ohio State watched his work here over the last few years on TV. So I'm really excited to have you on as a host, Josh. No, I'm I'm definitely excited to be a part of this show. And I have a ton of respect for the work that you do. I always thought that you you did it 
with the effort that it deserves, but also uh, the integrity when you're covering a lot of these stories, which you know how it gets in this business. But at the end of the day, we're out here to have a lot of fun too. And I hope this is a fun show for people listening because I have a fun time doing it. So looking forward to co-hosting with you. Thanks, man. Um, So you can find us and you can go subscribe. It's really easy. Just go to iTunes and type in Press Pass. You'll see it pop up. You can subscribe there. And then you can also give us a rate and review, which we absolutely love. And it's really easy. You just click five stars. Where can they go to find you on social media? Because we both do our own social media as well. And you can find us on there. Yes. Twitter, Instagram at RIP underscore JEP. This is the time of the year, folks, to be following me. It is. A lot of stuff coming out about college football. I spent hours on end for two days going back and forth with people about name, image, and likeness and paying college football players. So if you tweet me, there is a very good chance that I will tweet back at you as long as you're respectful. So let's do this. Let's have a good time. Yeah, I like go and read his Twitter threads. It's so funny because I just want to like, I I love the conversations between you and the people that you actually interact with. Uh, So go follow Joshua. You can follow me at Kayla Anderson TV on both Instagram and Twitter. I always provide a lot of content. I cover about 16 different sports. So um, if you really like want to think you're a hotshot and know everything, just follow me. Uh, you'll probably learn. I agree. <laughs> you'll, you'll learn a lot. Seriously. Right? Uh, well, thank you, Joshua. We had a lot of fun today. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back here next week. And good luck to all of your college football teams this weekend.